Today is our final Sunday in the sermon series that we have been going through Hebrew 101, seven Hebrew words that every Christian needs to know. And we are ending today on the word shalom, which is a good word to end on. It means peace. And it talks about the completion when things are whole. And so I invite you to join me as together we look at our scripture passage for today, number six, verses 22 through 27. Please join me. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. If you will, join me as we pray. God, please shine your light on us. Expose the places that are broken, that are missing, that are half full, and help to fill us up through the power and love of your Holy Spirit so that we can be made complete. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1996, there was a movie released called Jerry Maguire, starring Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. And it was a story about a successful sports agent who, in the face of an altercation that he had with the young son of one of his famous athlete clients when they were at a hospital, he finds himself suddenly developing a new conviction about people and the role of authenticity in our lives, and the power that meaningful relationships have for each of us. Following this moment that he has with this child, where he's confronted with his own callousness and his own dishonesty, his own hurry to view his famous client through the lens of money instead of humanity, he decides to write a mission statement and to send it to every employee that works within his very large and successful law firm, representation firm. So his premise for his mission statement is very simple. Everything that they are doing feels very important, but none of it feels meaningful. They needed to scale back on the volume of clients that they needed to serve in order to have the time to deepen their relationships with all of the athletes and with all of the athletes' families so that they could build more meaningful relationships. Well, it's not long after he distributes his mission statement that Jerry Maguire is fired, which is not that big of a surprise. Most large and successful companies don't take too kindly to people in the higher realm saying that they don't need to make as much money as they are making. As Jerry Maguire packs his office and begins to leave, he makes one final dramatic plea through the open floor where everyone is working, saying this, he knows that he is right. And so if anyone will come with him, he invites them to join him in changing the culture of what it feels like to represent people. Well, only one woman stands up. Her name is Dorothy Boyd. And awkwardly, 
They make their way from that open working space into this corporate elevator, him carrying his cardboard box and a fish that he stole from the office tank, Dorothy carrying her purse and a few things from her desk. They stand awkwardly in the elevator as they descend before a deaf couple comes on after them. They watch this couple as they talk closely to one another, signing to each other as they whisper and smile. They're plainly in love. And then the couple wave goodbye as they exit a floor and Jerry Maguire turns to Dorothy and sort of laughs, trying to ease the awkwardness, saying, I wonder what those guys are saying, right? But Dorothy stays staring straight ahead, looking at the doors and says, my favorite aunt was deaf. He had signed to her, you complete me. Those three words are the words that Cherry Maguire chases throughout the rest of the movie. You complete me. Because he is a successful man who has everything that he wants, but it's plain that he feels totally incomplete. He knows that he is living in a world of importance where he himself is considered to be important, but that it is also a world without meaning. He had come to confuse the two. It makes me wonder, how complete does your life feel right now? It's a difficult season in our shared life together to feel complete and to experience meaning. This pandemic, it has stolen a lot from us in this past year. For those who have kids at home and elderly parents to take for and full-time jobs to operate within, this pandemic has repped away the delicate balance that barely worked when we were in the best of times. For many who live alone, this pandemic has encased us in our aloneness, removing even the small reprieves of going to the market or the store and taking in the smiles and faces of strangers. Many of the things that are important for us to do in this season, such as wearing masks and keeping at a social distance and not gathering with loved ones indoors, these important things that inform and dictate how we manage our every day are not the things that provide us meaning. We can only live our lives in these two-dimensional screens on Zoom and over FaceTime and in social media for so long before other aspects of our lives also start to take on that two-dimensional feeling. And each of us is longing and aching to feel the texture of the three-dimensional reality that we were created for. We know these feelings really well by now. And yet, here we all are, still in the middle of this long pandemic journey. Nearly a year from the start, and yet no clear end in sight. And so in this era of heightened importance, where are we finding our meaning? In this season where we live without so much How are we experiencing complete wholeness? 
Our scripture for today is a familiar passage to those of us who have been part of the church for any period of time. It's often referred to as the priestly blessing, and it concludes our worship services here and there very regularly. It's often the last thing that we hear in worship before we go out into the world as ambassadors of God's good news. However, God did not speak this blessing to Moses and Aaron to share with the people. He didn't speak this at the end of the Israelites' journey when they've already arrived at the land of promise, just as God did not speak this blessing at the start of their journey when they were leaving Egypt. This blessing is given by God to Moses and to the Israelites while they are in the middle. They are preparing to leave Mount Sinai where they have been camped for nearly a year, but they still have a long stretch of wilderness out ahead of them. The blessing, this blessing, was given to them as they continued faithfully moving through the middle, and it was repeated daily each step of the way. We are conditioned to believe in our society that blessings either begin a journey, or they are found at the end of one. But this priestly blessing is a blessing for those who are on the journey, who are in the middle, who can no longer see where they started and who cannot yet see where they will end. And then the climactic word of this blessing is our Hebrew word for today, the word shalom. We often translate this word simply to mean peace, which it does mean, but it's a weightier word than just peace alone. It simultaneously means prosperity, longevity, happiness in family, safety, security, good health, friendship, a general well-being. Shalom is the kind of peace that gently places us in the center of wholeness. It is harmony tranquility, contentment, restoration. Put another way, shalom is experiencing being made complete. Which means that when God speaks this priestly blessing to Moses and so freely gives this blessing to the people, God is blessing the people with the experience of wholeness and completeness in the very moment where they are feeling like they are the most fractured, the most frayed, the most stretched while they are in between, when they are feeling the least whole. God's blessing of being made complete isn't given to them at the start of their journey as though it were a tool for them to use along the way. And it's not reserved for them to get at the end of the journey as though it's some sort of reward that they have to work toward. God's shalom, God's whole completeness is given to them freely every single day while they are in the middle because... God's wholeness is not reserved for special times to be as a tool to be used to get us through something or as a reward for us after we make it through a journey. God's wholeness and completeness is meant for us every single day. As the movie carries on with Jerry Maguire, Each step in Jerry Maguire's life feels like it's requiring a whole bunch of effort 
to only return a mediocre result. And so he continues to find this experience of chasing completeness. It's just elusive to him. He makes a lot of effort in calling all of his clients when he leaves the firm, urging them to come with him, but he only convinces two. He pours all of his energy into the most promising of those two clients, only to have that one leave and him be left with one. He develops a romantic relationship with Dorothy Boyd, eventually marrying her. But he is so consumed with his remaining clients, with his work, with chasing this feeling of completeness and consumed with just himself in general, that he treats their marriage as though he is doing her a favor by being married. He pours all of his energy into this one remaining client only to be constantly arguing with him, constantly frustrated by his client's stubbornness. At one point in the movie, he finally tells his only client, who's a football player, you gotta lose the chip on your shoulder. You are not doing your team a favor by being here. You have to play with your whole heart. Despite himself, being annoyed that he was told what he was told. The client ends up taking on McGuire's advice. And pretty soon, he finds that he's receiving more passes from his teammates. He finds that he's becoming a fan favorite. He finds that he is given that contract deal that he's been holding out for all along just because he started to play with his whole heart. It's only after seeing this transformation in his clients that Jerry Maguire can see the kind of transformation that he needs to make in himself. He also wasn't doing anyone a favor by being there, not in his marriage, not in his work, not in his life. He needed to live with his whole heart to take his own advice, to embrace that the consequences of slowing down and loving people well was going to leave him with less prestige and less money in his pocket, but was going to offer him the thing that he longed for the most, which was an experience of complete wholeness, which is what leads him to the most dramatic scene at the end when he leaves his client, he returns to his wife and in front of her and all of her bitter friends, he says, you complete me. Friends, what are you longing for? What are you longing for God's, and where are you longing for God's complete wholeness in your life? When everything that you are tending to feels important, does it also feel meaningful Perhaps we go through these times where we put our lives on autopilot. These times where we are far from the beginning, but we are also far away from the end. And so we click on cruise control and we just go waiting until something extraordinary happens. Maybe you know what that feels like. But I got to say, I think God knows what that feels like too, because that is exactly when God blesses the Israelite people to experience that complete wholeness 
that comes with God's shalom, with God's peace. Friends, we do not have to wait for some special occasion to experience the fullness of God. It is not something that is given to us as a tool to use so that we can make it through. And it's not something that is reserved for us at the end as some sort of reward for persevering. God's wholeness is given to us each and every moment of each and every day. It was intended to be a blessing that we would say with every single step. So how is it that you can open your heart up to experiencing God's wholeness today? Where is it that you need to be made complete? And do you, along with me, trust that this God intends it for you, not when you've earned it, not when you've used something well, but just because you're you?